the North Remembers Podcast. Three receivers right, two to the left. Raiders drop back deep. Rogers quick toss, left side, got his man first down. Extending down the left sideline and heading on his way. It is MPS. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Green Bay. Simple little swing pass. Turns into a 75-yard touchdown pass. And there is your dagger. You know, I can tell you a lot happens at the bottom of that. Just hope he's not re-aggravated that ankle. He's injured. One of the most dynamic athletes in all of sports is injured on this fourth and one carry, and it was the right knee in a lot of pain. Let the boy watch. Hello and welcome to the North Remembers Podcast. I'm John Schmidt alongside Rennie Lesperance. Uh, wherever and whenever you are listening to us, we'd just like to say hello, thank you, and we've got a great show for you today. Jam-packed here today, Rennie. That's right. we got a lot to get to, so let's get to it. All right. Well, uh, week in review. I uh, got to first talk about uh, the close matches, and of course, the first one that comes to mind is as close as you can get. Uh, team has no name. Becky versus Heidi in the hippie chicks. 55-55 tie. Uh, in the playoffs, bench points are the tiebreaker, but right now a tie is a tie. Kind of like the NHL. Used to be. <laughs> so by bench points, is it bench points that week or ben- total bench points? Total. Uh, uh, it's bench points that week. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, 50. 50- 55 to 55 not much to speak about there but uh nevertheless it's a tie and it happens and uh i don't remember any happening in the last couple years off the top of my head but um certainly unique and uh, a situation to be all aware of and and it's important for the bench so if you keep empty spots on your bench that could affect uh tiebreakers oh definitely and i i know uh, there was talk of it last year uh, people making a run on quarterbacks, even if they're just garbage uh, in the playoffs, just to have that in there. And I always say, hey, I have no problem with that because it's just more money going into the pot. So, <laughs> hey, there's nothing illegal about it as long as there's not collusion going on. Uh, you know, if they're there, they're fair game. I got nothing wrong with that either because you can't play them anyway. So um, it's not like you're starting a, you know, a, a quarterback in a wide receiver spot. So uh, you can't do that. You know, in terms of the game, uh, you know, Heidi has a minus one out of David Montgomery, <laughs> which ends up kind of sort of sealing it for the tie. Well, she has 32 points sitting on the bench with Chase Edmonds, which kind of came out of nowhere. So 
you know, a bit of a tough one there. But nevertheless, you know, probably more important for Becky not to lose there than Heidi. It probably hurts, her, you know, Heidi worse. Are you getting some feedback yourself? Yeah, I just got some, yeah. Yeah, I got a little bit too. So uh, hopefully, well, we apologize if there is any uh, little skip outs here, but we're going to do our best to keep this rolling here. Um, but if, if I look at the other close game that I wanted to talk uh, to you about, especially, it was your game. Uh, against D-Ball, a tough loss for you, a 98-92 victory for D-Ball as Aaron Rodgers puts up 58 points. Uh, even with the rest of his guys in single-digit points, including a zero by uh, Pettis, the quarterback play took him over the hump. Yeah, and if, not, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the highest single point total this year. Uh, maybe you know better, but it's certainly put him over the edge and it carried the team for him uh 58 points from one player i mean that, that outscored you know the game we just talked about 55 to 55 with becky and i what are you gonna do and, you know just the story of my year and and uh good for him it was a heck of a heck of a game for rogers and uh took him over the edge yeah and doing it with uh without Devonte adams uh with just some you know, got almost guys off the street kind of wide receivers. You know, obviously they're all great. They're in the NFL, but I mean, it was it was impressive to watch. Uh, and you you look solid in the loss, though. I mean, especially after the Rams D puts up a 37 to 10 whooping on Atlanta, which included uh, five sacks, an interception, two fumble recoveries, and a crazy touchdown on a fumbled punt uh, for a total of 20 points. Uh, it's, that's an average day of work, though, for Elijah's uh, Patriots defense. <laughs> Yeah, it felt like felt like I was gonna pull a fantasy Wookiees there for a little bit, but uh, you know, I thought it was bad when it was getting up in the upper 30s and the 40s for Rodgers, and then I didn't look at it till the end of the game, and all of a sudden he was at 58. I was like, holy mackerel! You know, just an outstanding performance. Yeah, that uh, that 75-yard touchdown to MVS uh, definitely didn't help your cause. Yeah, yeah particularly because I carried him almost all year until this last week and I just dropped him. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that does suck. And that was just a little out route kind of thing that was probably just supposed to be, you know, let's get this game over with. It's over. And then it went for another touchdown. So yeah. Yeah. You know, big win for them. Certainly. Yep. Uh, and I think for you though, your defense, uh, that defense now has Jalen Ramsey on it. A big, big addition in LA there. I mean, he forced a fumble in his first game. Uh, he's got something to play for there, I think, and to prove. And that's what they need right now there. So, uh, you know, you're one in six, though. It's a big hold. As you said last week, you're kind of done probably making transactions unless you absolutely have to uh, when it comes to adding people. Uh, but uh, that defense might be enough for you just to give you that 10 to 15 points a week. <laughs> we'll see. That's the least of my problems, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then lastly, uh, there's one more game I wanted to look at from last week, and uh, that was the Nature Boy Martinis, my team against uh, Michelle. Uh, it was a uh, it was a nail biter for me. The 75-65 score uh, doesn't really do it justice. Uh, everything came down to that Philly versus Dallas game for me. Uh, you know, I had five players going. Not the ideal situation to be in, but injuries and the bye weeks put me in that position so you know it's just fantasy football uh, both of us had abysmal quarterback play Carson Wentz 191 yards a touchdown a pick two fumbles lost for a whopping eight points and she Michelle had Garoppolo going in the typhoon game in Washington with 151 yards and a pick for six points uh, that you know pretty pretty ridiculous in terms of just the, the anemic quarterback play 
You know, I just, uh, I looked at that game going into it and uh, I actually talked to Michelle. We're going five Eagles. We actually, I counted it, I think, three times. Five Eagles. I can't ever recall fantasy week when someone had five players from one team. All right, welcome back from that little break we just had. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Uh, but as you were saying, Rennie, before we took that break, five players going at once uh, from the same team in my matchup with Michelle uh, was a pretty crazy thing to have uh, happened. I've never done it before. Never want to do it again. But despite that, what happened last week uh, that saved my butt uh, were pretty much three things. One was the play of that San Francisco D in the aforementioned Rain Bowl I was talking about. Uh, they pitched a shutout and uh, had 12 points. I would have much rather have had a week like Fantasy Wookiees D usually does when they pitch a goose egg, but I'll take whatever I can get uh, when it comes to defense. The second thing that I really got, though, was that play from uh, that free agent pickup, Dallas Goddard from Philly. Uh, four catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, 10 points, exactly how much I needed to win by. Yeah, and uh, one of the five would do, I guess, in that case, you know, for having a, a better-than-expected night. Definitely, and then speaking of uh, better-than-expected, my team high, 26 points from Latavius Murray. 27 carries, 119 yards, two touchdowns, as well as 31 yards receiving on five catches while filling in for Kamara. Uh, couldn't ask for any better from any running back, uh, and I got it out of a backup uh, that came in and filled in pretty admirably. Yeah, and that just stresses the importance of having a handcuff. Um, I know you just picked him up recently, which is a good pickup to have, but for anyone, whenever you can have your handcuff, it's tough to fill that bench position because you never play that person, but um, you know, it sure comes in handy when that, that starting running back goes out for a week or two. Definitely, and I know uh, looking at Paul's team, he's got a, a lot of handcuffs over there, but uh, he knows he loves his running back. So you know, some any any given player can go down any given Sunday. So it really really is important to have those. Uh, but looking away from my team, let's look at Michelle because she can look ahead to hopefully having uh, some more continued success from Packers running back Aaron Jones. Uh, 14 points this past week and yet another touchdown. He's been solid, uh, you know, a little bit of a surprise. Certainly the the, the Jamal injury uh, really benefited Jones uh, because he got more and huge game against Dallas, but he's just been productive. And the thing that's big for him is he's productive in the passing game. You know, like, and, and you know, and you know, Rogers likes to pass. Definitely. And, and, and Lafleur's Lafleur's new offense, uh, uh, it's definitely uh, a lot of defenses are trying to figure it out because it is such an Thing. They don't have tape all over on it, and I think that really does benefit the running backs because I think the D coordinators are more focused down the field, and you definitely noticed that. Uh, it seems like uh, we're looking at the Mike Holmgren Packers with as much play as these running backs are getting. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, the second thing that I thought really caught my eye for, though, was Tyreek Hill uh, back from uh, back from the dead, uh, so to speak, uh, 74 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Big question is, though, how is he going to do in Mahomes' absence uh, there in Kansas City? Uh, yo, you know, he's just so fast, and he just makes big plays. They're not going to try to stop feeding him just because Mahomes is out. And we'll see if more can uh, 
get him the rock. Exactly, because they're they're desperately in need to find that number one receiver because they really haven't had one yet this season. Uh, a lot of people have been trying to you know find that guy that's going to be that uh, Mahomes' favorite target, but really hasn't emerged yet without Tyreek being there. He's a major four. Not the same without Tyreek Hill. Definitely not. Uh, I think the biggest thing, though, coming up for Michelle in the, the weeks ahead now, bye weeks over for her big two guns, Jameis Winston and Godwin, her wide receiver, back off their bye weeks. Uh, Godwin's averaging 17 points per game, which leads all wide receivers. Uh, and it's not like he had one big, big game to inflate that. It seems like it's a weekly occurrence. And Jameis Winston sitting there at 21 and a half, 22 points per game. So uh, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty nice to have those two people sitting in your lineup every week. Sure is, sure is. They've been pretty consistent, even when Winston throws five picks. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, and I think the biggest question for Michelle, especially this week, uh, when's Devontae Adams coming back to play for Green Bay? Because uh, you know, when he's in there, he's arguably a top, you know, first round pick, second round pick in fantasy, and. Uh, with with uh, Rodgers doing what he's been doing with uh, those receivers that you know nobody's even heard of, what's he going to do with Devontae when he comes back? Yeah, and he's a big factor in that offense as well. So um, that will affect everybody on the back. And once they get him back, he starts getting the rock back. You know, it's going to take points from other players. I I, t- I totally think so. And so it might be a. But I think for Michelle, she's done well with, you know, Jones and when Adams was healthy in the lineup. So I think you got to st- obviously stick with it. And you, you can't go wrong because you know the offense is going to do their thing. And now the Packers have a defense. So I think uh, it's it's not so much how many times are they going to throw the ball. It's they're going to try to control the clock as well. And Devontae is that possession receiver as well when you need to get a first down. That's right. Uh, so I think that's enough looking at uh, what happened last week. Uh, let's take a look, though, where we've come now and take a look at the standings of the league because it definitely uh, hasn't really gotten that much uh, more separation. In fact, uh, looking at WWF, uh, Fantasy Whoopies, uh, Elijah and myself, the Nature Boy Martinis, we're now tied at the top at four and three, and Becky has now gone a half game back uh, after her tie last week. And Team Warhawks, Will, is only one game back after another win to move to three and four. Two wins in a row in our uh, our league. That is the most uh, in terms of a winning streak right now. And nobody has more than two losses other than yourself, of course, with those three tough losses in a row. But uh, it's it's parity is, is evident in every division, but especially WWF, as we've been saying. Yeah, and, you know, no one in that league is in the top of the points four. So. Nope. <laughs> Whoever can sort of take the bull by the horns here in the last few weeks is gonna is gonna take that division because I think it's it's a it's a winner division or nothing for that one. Definitely, and uh, ECW that uh, that division's been my my favorite one to watch as I've been saying throughout the season here. Uh, with his second win in a row, D Ball now sits at five and two in first place, all by himself after losses by both Chili Dog Nelmar and Mr. Sacco, who moved to four and three. And uh, Hodor's Hodor is now three games back and in need of a big run here. Uh, they can string some wins together before division play begins uh, in week 12, but it's going to be tough for just like for you. Uh, you get down that far in your division, it's really hard to claw back. You're going to have to pull an Aaron Rodgers and say, we're running the table. Yeah, and not looking good for Nicky Biss over there, but it looks like a three, three-horse race and a very, very interesting race over there. Uh, D-Ball's been, he's in the lead 
with a couple game winning streak here, but, uh, you know, points four, he's, he's right in the middle of the back too. So, you know, if you had to sort of look at the, the statistics, Chili Dog and uh, Mr. Sacco have, uh, have more points here going forward consistently. So we'll see where that ends up. Yep, I agree. And I think the, uh, the Aaron Rodgers resurgence back to, you know, three years ago, Aaron Rodgers putting up big numbers. If he can keep doing that, I think you're going to see Dan's team uh, continually putting up 90 to 100 plus points. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, but lastly, let's take a look at the WCW. Tejano Superstars. Uh, we were wondering what, what was going to happen this week. Uh, they took a step back after their loss to uh, the Fantasy Wookiees. Uh, I'd say it was an interesting, and I'd venture to say a questionable decision by Paul to play the Jets D versus the Patriots this week. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to get him on the line to explain that one. So I'm not sure what was the thinking. Uh, obviously, you know, the Jets uh, played pretty good the week before. But uh, big risk uh, to uh, put the Jets D out there on Monday night. Exactly. And it's not like he's scared to uh, make a move on the waiver wire either. So, I mean, there was options out there that were better, in my opinion. But uh, he didn't. Had success in the past against the Patriots, but definitely not last week. <laughs> uh, and you know, with it, with his, uh, with a win this week too, uh, waiver wire moves up just one game back now, and he has some great matchups for his players ahead too over there with waiver wire. So uh, he's definitely a force, as you said. He's been putting up big points. Yeah, he's he's second in points. So you know he's been putting them up he's only 12 back at chili dog he's he's well in advance of, of team Sacco over there so um he's got a he's, he's shaping up pretty good that's going to be a battle to the end definitely and then you got hippie chicks heidi sitting there two and a half games back after that tie uh now looking to go on a run as well because as we said last week uh they're she's totally equipped to beat anybody in this league but tell you what this last week we, I don't know how serious it is yet I haven't done enough uh, research into the Vikings uh, injury report but that Adam Thielen hamstring injury really hurts her uh, but having Barkley back and of course Russell Wilson can always score enough points to uh, you know make your weekly matchup competitive yeah and she can't take any more losses at least uh, at least in the foreseeable future she needs to to get on about a three, four game winning streak right now, she'll be right in. And otherwise, she's going to be on the outside looking in. Definitely. And, and speaking of the outside looking in, uh, just got a last team, Hollywood Hogan, sitting there at one and six. A, a great 92 point effort just wasn't enough, as we've been mentioning. Uh, now the division lead is almost insurmountable for your team. So, Rennie, tell me about it. Yeah, a bit depressing to be out of it this early in this. Uh, just happens that way. You know, the team, I look at it and you know, it's it's uh, fairly decent on paper and it's fairly consistent, but I've never had a big week out of any of my stars. Never had over 100 points from the top of my recollection. And when you get in those tight games like we had last week, um, you're just not going to win them. So uh, consistently average and um, that just doesn't cut it unless you're getting a lucky week where someone has 55 points with an injury on drive one for their quarterback or, or running back. Um, and that's just not going to cut it this year. Definitely. All right, and welcome back to the show here. Uh, 
technical difficulties uh, continue to arise. Uh, we got Rennie over in Hortonville. I'm here in Madison. So uh, obviously can't always have things perfectly when it comes to connection, but uh, it was really giving us problems here. So uh, we're going to take a look here moving forward here. Uh, Rennie's off uh, off the call here now. So uh, we're going to get right into the team highlights here uh, with, uh, with D-Ball here. Uh, and I tell you what, his team is the most electric team right now in the fact he's well, he's got two consecutive wins that's the b- best winning streak in the league but his lineup uh, he's got a great lineup in terms of the matchups right now Aaron Rodgers three favorable matchups in the next three weeks before the bye number one at Kansas City no Patrick Mahomes uh, with their quarterback in there the defense is still awful even if he did play uh, but it doesn't look like he's playing Sunday night. Uh, so that'll be a great matchup for Rodgers. He's going to get the ball that much more with Matt Moore playing quarterback. But maybe Andy Reid's going to try to do the old slow down, run the ball. Uh, but I don't see it happening. Great matchup for Rodgers there. Uh, the following week, they're at San Diego. It's going to be more of a home game for the Packers. as The stadium will probably be at least 50% Green Bay fans. Uh, so that'll be pretty interesting to see what happens there. Uh, and Aaron always plays well out in California there, too. And then lastly, at home against the Carolina Panthers. 22.1 points against this season. And uh, for their defense, allowing a lot a lot of quarterbacks to just shred them. And I tell you what, Devontae Adams may be back by then, too. He might be back this week. So uh, it's looking good for Aaron Rodgers the next few weeks before the bye. Uh, it could really help out D-Ball. And uh, Dan will have that quarterback in there other than one week that uh, can win you a championship. Uh, the other player that I was really looking at for Dan uh, was his number two pick in the draft uh, was Travis Kelsey, uh, tight end from Kansas City. Uh, the matchup with the Packers this week will be interesting. Uh, I mean, will the Packers deep try to stop the big play from happening again? Because it seems like that's been their Achilles heel, especially the past several weeks. Uh, and with Kansas City, well, you have Mr. Big Play himself, Tyreek Hill. Kelsey may get his opportunities. Uh, we'll see because we do a lot of pass rushing, but our linebackers have never been anything to uh, write home about, uh, home about when it comes to, uh, you know, covering people like tight ends that are dominant tight ends. So I don't know where things are going to go with this, but I just know Kelsey's got a pretty advantageous matchup and if they get behind early to the Packers uh, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot Uh, Kelsey only has one touchdown going all the way back to week two so he's definitely due for an uptick in that department whether it's this week coming up or for the rest of the season so uh, Dan should have something to look forward to uh, with that player as well now lastly we're looking at his number one overall pick Julio Jones Atlanta wide receiver he started the season with four touchdowns in the first three weeks That was definitely not par for the course for him the last few seasons. He was the guy that was going for 100 to 120 yards, but no touchdowns. Uh, So this year started out differently, but uh, it looked like a true first-round fantasy draft pick. But uh, since those first three weeks, no touchdowns. So just like Kelsey, uh, a player, his talent will be sure to get more touchdowns. He'll get his. We'll see if he can do it this uh, last game before the bye week for Atlanta against that Seattle D. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Dan really is sitting there. Um, Currently, he's in the driver's seat of the division. Um, And I tell you what, he doesn't make a lot of moves. But when he does, uh, he makes the right guys. And it seems to be the draft is that time to make those moves. So great job, Dan. Uh, Looking forward to seeing how your team finishes out the year here. 
Uh, so uh, having said that, let's move on now to the upcoming week ahead here because we got some great matchups and you got to start with my opinion of the best matchup uh, of the week. You're looking at waiver wired versus team Warhawks. Uh, tell you what, with Amari Cooper on a bye this week, uh, Team Warhawks will. You need to make the right call on which two receivers to plug into the lineup between Diggs, Cup, and Emmanuel Sanders uh, with his new 49ers teammates. Uh, it seems like you've been bitten in the butt too many times, Will, by uh, having the wrong guy sitting there on the bench. So uh, you got to pick two of them this week now with Cooper on the bye. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of numbers those guys do pick up. And uh, Stefan Diggs, I tell you what, great matchup uh, at home against a Washington team that is just a dumpster fire right now. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting there. Uh, also for Will, uh, as we had mentioned last week, uh, he needed some help from his tight end. Uh, and you know what? Eric Ebron got out of his funk last week, as we said he needed to do, uh, and 70 yards and a touchdown. Uh, we'll see if Will feels comfortable enough with him now to put him in the starting lineup or if he's going to stay uh, with his Detroit tight end. It's a, it's a tough decision to make because it seems like every week, especially tight ends, uh, you know, people are going from zero to whatever uh, in terms of points. But, you know, his tight ends have pretty much, as I said last week, stayed around zero. So maybe Ebron's finally getting out of his funk there. Uh, but for Chris French and Team Waiver Wired, one only needs to look at his first two draft picks. Michael Thomas and Delvin Cook. Uh, Cook especially, he's been on a tear pretty much all season. Has a great matchup, just like Diggs does uh, for Will with the Washington Redskins at home. Uh, Delvin Cook has had at least one touchdown every game but one this season and has had over 19 points in five out of seven of those games. That is incredible. Uh, it's just, it, you don't see it every day, uh, every season even, with running backs like this because this NFL has really turned into that passing league. A lot more change of pace. Let's give them, you know, reps similar to, uh, you know, pitchers in baseball now. You're not seeing people going 150, 200 pitches. Uh, so Delvin Cook truly is that guy that's, you know, they got Alexander Madison in there, and he's a great change of pace guy, a guy to put in there, and he can do a, a good job to uh, servicely back up Delvin. But uh, I tell you what, he's the best, uh, in my opinion, he might be the best back in the league right now, the way that he's playing. Uh, the other matchup uh, that really is uh, catching my eye, well, you got Michelle versus Paul this week. And uh, ultimately, that matchup is going to really determine where things are going. Uh, for both those teams in their respective divisions because we're not that far away from divisional play and they both need a win badly. They're both coming off of a loss uh, and, uh, you know, Paul's got some bye week trouble here with uh, what he's going to be looking at. So we'll find out and see if uh, if they can plug the right players in and who's going to get a, a win, possibly a tie, <laughs> as we saw this week, and see where things go because uh, uh, we're getting into the heart of the season. We're hitting bye week central right now, so a lot of people are going to be scrambling uh, looking to plug those right people in there. So I think that uh, that's the other matchup. Uh, and of course, you got Dan playing Elijah, uh, two of the highest scoring teams in the whole league. We're going to see fireworks there uh, in the week ahead. Also, uh, we got Nate and Beth, Chili Dog Nelmark, playing up against uh, Becky. Uh, that should be an interesting matchup there to see if, uh, if Chili Dog can get off the schneid here. But I tell you what, uh, Becky, even though she's the underdog according to the projections, uh, Chili Dog hasn't done well when uh, when he's been the uh, the vast favorite in a lot of these matchups. So we'll see if uh, Nate and Beth can get off that schneid. And uh, then you get, well, 
Heidi and Nick, brother and sister. That'll be an interesting matchup. They both need to win badly. So whoever wins that game, they're still going to be alive for the playoffs. The loser, I think your season's over. So huge matchup. It's basically a playoff atmosphere for them every week ahead here because they have to win. Uh, and then, of course, as mentioned before, Rennie and myself have our matchup. Uh, the Bears and Packers, if you will. Or should I say the Vikings and the Packers, if you will. Uh, the rivalry is alive and well, even if he's 1-6. Or if I was 1-6, it doesn't matter. Uh, we always like to go head-to-head. And I wish he could talk about it right now because he's been on the winning end of a lot of those closed matchups where it just seems like the worst things happen to me. And I really hope it doesn't happen this year because I need to win a lot more than he does because he's pretty much done now. So we'll see what happens there and uh that's the week uh, that's the week ahead so let's uh let's take a look now uh into my little diatribe for the week and we're gonna head into full of schmitz and now we'd like to bring you a little segment we called full of schmitz And welcome to this week's edition of Full of Schmidt. Uh, it's week eight of the season, week three here of the podcast. And uh, I tell you what, this week I have a pretty uh, interesting uh, topic to talk about because it really does affect all of us here in uh, the fantasy football world. And that is drafting for bye week scenarios. Uh, I tell you what, uh, whether it's Joseph Dolan with fantasy uh, free agents uh, Jake Seeley over at The Athletic, uh, or everyone's favorite fantasy expert to bitch about, none other than Matthew Barry over at The Mothership at ESPN. Each person has their opinion on how to draft and where to draft someone. But across the board, almost universally with these so-called experts, I pretty much hear all of these guys, especially during those pre-draft uh, dates, they talk a lot about making sure you draft the right people to fill in on bye weeks and to not let yourself have too many people with the same bye week. Otherwise, according to them, you'll be scrambling to find a player on a thin waiver wire when you may need one, two, or even possibly three people in the same week. Uh, I was a great example of that last week with my five people in the lineup from the same team, but uh, there was a few more things that came into play there why I had to do that. But uh, I tell you what, uh, 
it definitely uh, works well for D-Ball with that strategy. Uh, Silent Dan has been silent on the transaction page every time that I look at it. He's only made one roster move as of last night, and he has the depth at both wide receiver and running back to avoid having these problems like I faced this week. Uh, Ingram's on a bye this week for Dan, and he has, you know, he has the bell cow in San Fran's Tevin Coleman ready to fill in at running back. Uh, so that's a real nice thing to have sitting there because uh, even the coaching staff there in San Fran just said that, you know, Tevin's our main guy. He's the number one. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Carolina's Curvis, uh, Curtis Samuel, and Deshaun Jackson, when he's back from injury soon here, too, are all waiting in the wings uh, as wide receiver plug-ins. So Dan's sitting in a pretty good spot. However, uh, here's where some of that uh, advice from those so-called fantasy expert, uh, experts really does come into play. Dan's got no backup quarterback uh, when Rodgers is on a bye in week 11. No backup tight end when Kelsey goes on one in week 12. So he's going to have to plug somebody in there and go fishing on the waiver wire. And who knows who will be out there. Dan's got, he's one of the best records. uh, He is the best record uh, in the league right now. So that should be interesting to see what he has available at that point. Could come back to bite him in the ass at least for one week. Uh, You know, a lot of times people say, why do I worry about my draft, uh, you know, my bye weeks during the draft because it's only going to be one week. Well, the way things in our league are looking right now, one week might be one week too many. So uh, on the other end of the spectrum, though, we have the Tejano superstars have taken a much different approach, kind of spitting in the eyes of uh, spitting in the face of Matthew Berry and, and, and the rest of those guys. Uh, Paul always tells me that he doesn't worry about the bye weeks. Uh, him and Avery assembled their team uh, the way they did. Paul says he's always looking to improve his team through trades and ads, which gives him more depth, and he can build depth on his bench so that bye weeks are just a small bump in the road. Well, Paul has definitely showed his game theory uh, with that topic with his 17 ads and uh, the one trade, the only trade so far this year, for a grand total of 18 transactions that him and Avery have done uh, with the Tejano Superstars so far. Uh, you know, injuries have led to many of these moves as well. As, um, and you know what? This week, he has his league MVP injured. And his draft, you know, his big draft horse at running back, Zeke Elliott's on a bye. We will see this week if his strategy pays off because... This is a big week for him against a powerful team, and he's going to need all hands on deck. And uh, we're going to see if that uh, game theory that he likes to live and die by uh, helps him out this week. Uh, He is really thin at wide receiver. He probably misses Stefan Diggs a lot. Uh, He only has two viable options right now uh, with Denver's uh, Cortland Sutton and Kansas City's uh, McCole Hardman. Hardman's only projected to get two points this week, and especially with Tyreek Hill uh, back now. Uh, you know, in two weeks, Sutton's going to be on a bye, and his only bench receiver, Will Furl, uh, excuse me, Will Fuller from Houston, is projected to miss several weeks in a row as of now. Uh, so it looks like Paul will still be scrambling going forward. Uh, keep putting that money in the old pot uh, for the transaction counter, because uh, you know that's that's what they warn you about, and that's where the whole idea behind how do you draft on draft day based on buys? Well. Those two situations I just gave you, complete opposites on the spectrum, but both of those teams are sitting there in first place. So really, you know, what's an expert in fantasy football? I mean, 
I could call myself one right now, even though I don't consider myself one like those guys where it's all my life uh, doing that kind of work. But I'm talking about it. I look at the stats. I look at the saber metrics of things. Uh, you know, it's not hard to do and just have your own opinion about things, because as we've seen, Dan and Paul have completely different opinions on how to go about things. But you know what? Both of them work. So thanks for uh, <clears throat> thanks for making the league interesting this year, Paul and Dan, you as well, because I know I'm always talking about putting money into the pot, but I tell you what, watching somebody that can draft a team like yours year after year where you're not picking up a million people, that just shows that, you know, you know how to make the right picks on draft day. And you know what? There's a lot of luck in that, too. If you stay off the injury bug, uh, if you, you know, if you have teams that perform the way that, you know, preseason they're supposed to, that's really what it comes down to. So uh, that's all I got to say about the old draft uh bye weeks and uh hope you all uh, have the best of weeks this week and that's full of schmidt for this week um but before i go here i just have some announcements i want to make as of yesterday uh evening that is we have uh, 73 dollars of transactions uh into the pot and that number is definitely going to continue to grow especially now that we're in the heart of bye week uh season here so as always you can pay me with cash check or venmo just a little payroll housekeeping if you haven't already Please get me your $50 entry fees, uh, and I can take your money for transactions at the conclusion of the season or uh, even at the party at the end of the year there. So either way is fine. Just I don't want to be uh, you know, yelling at everybody here. just want to make sure we get that all taken care of. It just makes things easier on me, and I know you've all done a great job uh, in years past and this year pretty much. So uh, just whoever hasn't, uh, please just get that to me uh, as soon as you can here, and we'll be all good on that front. Uh, second note here, the trade deadline is November 22nd. Uh, so that gives you uh, four weeks here, guys. Uh, so let's make, uh, let's make these next four weeks interesting. Uh, if anybody's looking to make trades, uh, I know there's a lot of people that are probably looking to change their team due to all the injuries and other things that have happened. I know Paul's looking his chops right now, him and Avery over there, uh, always looking to make a move. So I'm sure we'll see something there. Just remember, November 22nd, no trades after that date. Uh, and lastly, uh, a new league poll I set up uh, regarding creating keepers uh, for next season. If we get a majority on the poll, uh, we will then vote on it at the end of the year party. Uh, we may even create an what's known as an Empire League, uh, which basically is a keeper league that keeps going until somebody wins two consecutive years. Then there's a separate uh, pot that's uh, for the Empire part of the league. And so if you actually win two years in a row, you're going to potentially win thousands of dollars uh, based on how much money goes into that. But let's just take it one step at a time with the keepers. Uh, and if that poll does go through, I'm going to uh, talk to a few of you people who, when I created the charter last season, I created people that were going to be on my uh, senior league committee, the SLC, uh, and we'll go over the best way to have keepers. Uh, and I kind of wrote a little bit on the poll of what I was thinking now, but I don't want this to be a dictatorship. I want it to be a democracy. <laughs> and I want to make sure everybody gets their input in there so we can make that work. Uh, but let's just see if people want to do it or not for next season. So on that note, that wraps up this week's show. Uh, we'll see you next time. Once again, uh, along with uh, Rennie Lesperance, I'm John, Schmidt, uh, John Schmidt. Thanks again for joining us this week for another edition of the North Remembers podcast, where we will see who shall take home the gold and become the king in the North. <laughs>